Hello, my name is Lewis Hackney and this is episode 5 of the Ramblings of a Wantrepreneur. Today we're going to be talking about well-being. So I'm here today with Danny Green, uh, ex-Marine, PT and now on his entrepreneurial journey uh, looking at well-being in the workplace. So I'm going to introduce him. Dan? Hello. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is the pressures of entrepreneurship and how best to focus on that using well-being and Dan's going to bring his expertise and discuss in depth um, how we can use wellness in the workplace and in the entrepreneurial space. So over to you Dan. Yeah, so I think um, well-being in the workplace and, and well-being for entrepreneurs ties in quite well. Um, so what I'll do, I'll go back to sort of how my journey and how I've got to where I am and that'll explain more about um, resilience and sort of well-being in entrepreneurship as well as in the workplace and they'll tie in well together. So yeah, um, joined the Marines at, at 16, a um, long time ago now, passed out of training, uh, went to Afghanistan in 2010, uh, which was some, some of the best and worst times of my life, uh, learnt a lot, um, but it was what happened after that. So the two years, two to three years following that, I subconsciously uh, ruined my life essentially and put myself into a bit of a rut without knowing it um, and it came to a, a tipping point if you like when I was heading back to Scotland um, no money sort of financial situation was was rubbish um, it, just everything was basically going wrong so I was driving back past Dundee uh, when a, a dog shot out across the road from one of the gardens, swerved the car, um, came to a halt in this dual carriageway, um, and that was kind of like a bit of a breaking point. So when I got back to camp, I went straight to the welfare department slash doctor's area, got an appointment with the doctor. He made me do some crazy tests, um, and I thought, this is this is like useless. Um, so I went around the corner to the welfare department, which is like civilian, um, where I spoke with a cognitive behavioural therapist um, and that was okay. There was, there was one key thing that I took away was you feel the way you think. If you can change the way you think, you can change the way you feel. But the problem with that is at the time it was like a bit of a light bulb moment for me. So for a few weeks after I was trying to change the way that I was thinking. But if I tell you to think of um, an orange Lucas A bottle or a blue fridge or a purple wall you can't, it's really difficult to change a thought. And when you're going through this sort of process of the fight or flight uh, thing that was drilled into me for so long, it's an instant reaction. So the cognitive behavioral stuff was good, but that led me on a bit of a journey to go a little bit deeper and figure, figure it out some more. Um, so I started researching um, neuroscience, psychology, those kind of topics. Um, and this was at the point where I was leaving the Marines. So I was looking at what career to get into. Um, and around that time, I was sort of thinking to myself, you know, I'd, there's people in worse situations than me. Yeah. But if there was any way that I could help somebody not be in the situation that I've just been through, you know, that's what I would want to get into. So it took you quite a a traumatic, I guess, uh, experience with Afghanistan and then mm. the dog. Yeah, uh, the, to, the dog was worse. <laughs> the dog was worse. <laughs> uh, to get you to that point, 
Um, and then was it once you'd had that that you thought, this is something that I want to focus on as a business, or was that just a personal thing that you'd taken it from there? Yeah, so that was a personal thing, but looking back now, it definitely had an influence on the direction that I, that I took leaving the Marines. So at first, when I first left, uh, I tried to get into security work and stuff. It, it just made sense to me. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really go that well. I was still 23, 24 at the time, and the insurance for a lot of the security firms around that time was 25 and over. Right. Okay. So, you know, that, that fell flat on its, fla- uh, flat on its face. Um, I was unemployed for a little bit, and then I was still exercising, so that was one of the key things, um, which I'll touch on near the end, that kept me on the straight and narrow, if you like. Yeah. Um, so I thought well, it makes sense. I'm doing a lot of exercise. People are always asking to get involved with exercise, come running with me, that kind of stuff. So I got into personal training um, through that. Um, but whilst this was going on, I was still looking into neuroscience, psychology, and sort of personal development stuff as well. I didn't really want to get into personal training for weight loss and that kind of thing, which is quite um, strange, really, because you go into a commercial gym and everybody wants weight loss. That's the key thing. Um, So, again, I struggled there a little bit, um, but with that's when I started the sort of entrepreneurial journey, if you like, building websites, uh, collecting emails, sending daily emails, doing little mini vlogs, yeah. um, and really putting out the message that I wasn't really about fat loss and that kind of stuff. That was a side effect of personal training, obviously. Yeah. But for me, it was more about helping people not be in the position that I'd previously been in um, through exercise, if that makes sense. You know, no, definitely. So it's like a taking what is an industry where people sell you the lose nine pounds in yeah. nine minutes uh forever or the eight minute uh six pack and you've yeah. uh, tried to make that the side effect and use yeah. what you learn from your experience yeah um to make Definitely, it a, yeah. a better and selling point so to speak yeah and and if you as the the years went by personal training and uh my clients were sort of reoccurring and had a, a close-knit group of clients um they, I've just lost my train of thought now. Going back over that bit, they st- started to understand that you know the, the weight loss and stuff were a side effect of that, and actually what we were trying to do is a bit more important. Um, so I had a variety of, of different clients, but um, funnily enough, because I stayed consistent with what I believed uh, in an industry where people are telling you to sell the weight loss and stuff. Yeah. I actually sort of stumbled across uh, a niche of people that wanted to improve their performance and a lot of those guys were directors of businesses, um, sole traders, that kind of stuff. Um, So it actually worked out quite well and that's where it leads into the workplace wellbeing because a lot of the directors would then ask me to go into the businesses and do talks on exercise and nutrition and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you actually built a more loyal Mm-hmm. client base that was looking to obviously lose weight but they gained this extra benefit because you yeah. were so persistent on keeping that point at yeah. the front of yours rather than selling out mm-hmm. um, you managed it which is obviously yeah like exercise it just you are in a better frame of mind I can mm-hmm. speak from personal experience you just feel refreshed and you're ready to go and attack the day um, yeah. if you're doing it to try and lose weight and you're eating no food whatsoever that's when you almost 
it has the adverse effect and you're almost depressed again because you're not losing the the weight that you thought you were going to lose so yeah and it's a vicious circle and, yeah. and you know you would get the odd um so i wasn't sort of restrictive with who i would take on uh, there was a bit of like consultation process and stuff but the early stages you would have that up and down of um christmas and summer you know people yeah. getting ready for summer holidays people not being too fussed about exercising over christmas so there were um ups and downs through that sort of entrepreneurial journey as well um so yeah at one side sort of built that um niche of clients if you like they train year round monthly subscriptions it was it was well structured um, basically and that and that was my first experience of being self-employed and actually having a business running properly um which is it's quite you don't really see it too often in that industry um this the sort of turnover rates of personal training stuff are very very high yeah well mainly because they are focusing on that yeah. quick sell and obviously you managed yeah. to actually build something that was sustainable um so you got the bug, I guess. You got the business bug, and yeah. uh, what what led you into your next venture, which is where where we are today, so to speak. Yeah. So around that time, I was still always, and I, I always have done since that, since those few moments through um, twenty ten and twenty eleven. I've always looked into personal development, self development, uh, psychology, neuroscience, um, and and leading on from the think the way you feel the way you think, change the way you think, you change the way you feel. Yeah. Um, I uncovered some neuro, a neuroscientist called Alan, Alan, I forget his name, Alan Watkins, let's have a look. Yeah, Dr. Alan Watkins uh, and his psychology pyramid. Um, and essentially this takes you back. So if we start at the top, the result, um, you, you get results by a certain behaviour. Yeah. So you, you do this behaviour, you get this result. Um, and then your behaviours come from your thoughts, your thoughts come from your feelings, so that's where that ties in and that's where I got stuck. And then going deeper, your feelings come from your emotions and your emotions come from your physiology and your surroundings. So um, a quick example might be that you've been in, a, in a, a crash on the motorway or something or you've had a bad experience with like a lorry. Um, or and a then, dog. Or a dog, yeah. So you're in the third lane and a lorry looks like it's swerving. Yeah you automatically think back, you know, this is the same surroundings and physiology that I felt before, that creates an emotion, that creates a feeling, that creates a thought of, oh my God, I'm going to crash, or, you know, you think back to that previous experience, that creates a behaviour, that might be to swerve or something like that, and then the result is, you know, you're either safe or you could potentially do that again, and that happens instantly. Um, a more sort of entrepreneurial thing um, so as I say, it happened over the course of two or three years where I subconsciously sort of drove myself into a bit of a rut. Yep. Um, and that's because the behaviours and the thoughts and feelings I wasn't aware of. So they just controlled my life without me actually understanding them. Right. Okay. Um, so, for example, going out on weekends and stuff and drinking um, to relieve pressure from the week, <clears throat> that would cause um, different behaviours and stuff. Everybody knows that when you, if you drink alcohol you feel bad the next day or the day after and you have like three day hangovers that affects your mood and then yeah. your behaviours and stuff are different that's a, a very simple example of that um, you know and it hurts having an adverse effect on on money social life that kind of thing um, so these behaviours and stuff that I wasn't aware of continued for two or three years until until I reached the breaking point essentially um, and that's what a lot of people do in the workplace um, so, so you, you didn't want that to happen to other people basically you didn't want yeah. people to have to go to the the depth 
yeah. the bottom, mm-hmm. the uh, the very end. So yeah. I thought intervention and teaching would probably be a better solution there. Definitely, so. yes. Um, and obviously my means of doing that was through exercise and that change in your physiology. And you yeah. know, like you touched on before, um, and you've done rowing and stuff in the past, the endorphins and stuff that are released from exercise make you feel better straight away. Yes. That changes behaviours. Um, so, you know, a, a good example is exercising before work or getting caught in traffic before work. Yeah. So you get caught in traffic before work, you turn up to work in a, in a slightly worse mood um, and that affects how you talk to people and the way you communicate, which is the behaviour, and that leads to negative results. You exercise, you turn up to work in a better mood, you communicate better, and so on and so on, and the results... Oh, that's all. That. And you move up the, the this pyramid that you touched on. Yeah. Um, so let's just briefly touch on your long-term vision now, because obviously it's a new journey for yourself. Like mm-hmm. like myself, we're both starting businesses early out, which is a it's not we're not talking to the the finished article. Um, but let's talk about your long-term vision. So, how do you see businesses being run, and uh, what where would your element of this well-being and uh, actually having a better look almost a better look on life and uh, focusing on that self uh, promotion and that self belief early on so that those thoughts and that process and the feeling it all builds up what is your long-term goal vision Uh, how do you see it fitting into businesses Um, so obviously one thing I've learned over the, the past year or so actually delivering workplace well-being stuff um, is that you know not everybody not everybody's looking for peak performance they yeah. just they just want um, to be sort of content and have a good life um, so um, I mean it, great businesses are built on great people yes um, and this is where the sort of problem lies because a lot of workplace well-being um, strategies are quite disruptive to the working day and they, they almost add more stress to the individual. Um, so the way, that, the way that I see it, it's quite difficult to explain. So there's a lot of strategies and stuff at the moment, for example, like telling people to take the stairs and yeah. you know, putting fruit out, that kind of thing. Um, there's not really much context behind it. It's just there. Why is this fruit ball turned up? Yeah, basically. But I, I like the I like that point that you said that not everyone's looking for peak performance. So mm-hmm. I guess in essence, what you're trying to do is create just happy people, yeah. rather than yeah, and create. You know, there's there's a crazy statistic that we spend 50 years of our life working, whether that's self-employed, entrepreneurship, or whatever. Um, you know, that's that's a long time. You know, you want you yeah. want to enjoy that time. You don't want to. Uh, struggle your way through 50 years no but uh, that was so that's I think that's a really good point actually is that you've gone from uh, that PT focus where it's trying to the the main industry focus is to sell the weight loss and you Mm. went on the well-being and had it as an adverse effect Uh, not an adverse as a a a bonus effect the Mm -hmm. weight loss and the idea was to play on that and then you're looking now not to create these peak performers in uh, businesses, you're trying to create uh, a nice working environment so mm-hmm. that people are looking forward to Monday, uh, not dreading Friday. Obviously, people yeah. these sort of people still want to enjoy their work, uh, their weekends, but it's just sort of that I'm looking forward to getting to work, um, but not necessarily being like I'm so driven that I'm going to destroy everyone in my path, yeah. but just almost being a 
just enjoying work, like you said, that 50 yeah. years. Yeah, so. I mean, because it, it, I mean, if you, it'd be ideal if everybody was looking for peak performance, but, you know, then how would the business pan out? Because yeah. everybody would leave and become entrepreneurs and, you know, they'd look for that peak performance and do it elsewhere. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so there's, there's a lot of... Um, there's a big change happening at the moment where you've got a lot of these new businesses and entrepreneurs and their their um their offices are sort of open plan they're really nice places to work and then you've got the old school sort of desks and chairs um not much light that kind of thing and you can really see it firsthand if you visit both that people turn up to the newer workspaces um anytime they want you know, there's yeah. no there's no start or end time. They're just really happy and content with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then, and then if you if you can build a business on that, where great people are happy, healthy, and content with what they're doing, you know, you've you've got a, a strong workforce for life that will progress on whenever. You know, I'm not about saying okay, we should shorten the work week to two days. Yeah. You know, you want to build a culture where people are are happy and content to actually continue to work over the weekends if they want or if they're passing the office and it's not a working day that they pop in and say hello to somebody else or you know help problem solve in in different ways if that makes sense yeah so that's that's the way i see it going people just enjoying life Mm. uh not dreading the nine to five yeah um wanting to enjoy it right Mm. let's leave it on one let's get three points from you that you would say are one um, based on business strategy, one based on how well-being can help an entrepreneur, and then just one final point on anything that you wanna that you wanna mention. Okay, so um, well-being is a business strategy. So, <clears throat> like I say, a lot of the current strategies are, are slightly outdated. Um, I mean, they're not outdated. You need a really forward-thinking company to basically allow you to come in and, and deliver workshops and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense because I mean, if you go in and deliver a workshop for an hour or two you're essentially stopping the work for an hour or two. And then people aren't really engaged because they want to get back to their emails because they're stacking up. Um, So there's a big big shift uh, into the digital world and technology and obviously not not just in the wellbeing industry, but I think it's going to have a massive impact. Um, So essentially that's what I'm trying to do with the WellHub is turn it into a a digital wellbeing platform, but still connecting people with people. Yeah. Um, so that's the way that I see business strategies going. Um, by creating a good work environment combined with actually helping the individuals, it's really key. You know, you, you could tell everybody to take the stairs, but somebody might be a triathlete. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they, they've, got that, they've got that area dialed down, whereas they might be struggling with financial well-being. Yeah. So really get into the nitty-gritty of your employees um, and what they want to improve is, is a key thing on rather than level. on a personal level, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a good working environment, really getting to your employees on a personal level and seeing what they want to do to improve their own well-being because it's not just physical health. There's, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Um, and then sort of using technology and stuff as a... Um, how would you put it? Um, just like an, an added extra almost, um, a, a, like a safety net and a support system. Um, in place, I think if you nail those three things together um, on an organisational level, that'll see serious performance and longevity of the business. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, um, thanks very much for 
doing this meeting with me then? Just, uh, just on. again, just yeah, going back. Quick. So on this, the second point was obviously for the entrepreneurs. So oh, yeah, uh, my my personal journey, um, sort of coming through, and then obviously now stepping into this entrepreneurial world, um, or trying being a business owner. Um, I still sort of practice what I preach. So some of the things that I've come across uh, along the way, um, the, the biggest one being resilience. Yep. Um, I'm quite sort of a bit of a dreamer, visionary, big thinker. Um, and if you talk to a lot of people, they can almost bring that down. And yeah, you know, you're going to be questioned a lot. Um, Surrounding yourself with the right people, that bottom, that bottom bit that you mentioned. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. So the physiology, your surroundings, that kind of stuff. But on an individual level, uh, building resilience is is a key thing. Um, and then on top of that, mindfulness and awareness. So those things together. So being resilient enough to take the losses and the hits, yeah. um, and then being mindful and uh, and aware of um, how to come back from that. Or try and think of a good example for you. Um, So somebody somebody questions you say your business model is an entrepreneur or something, um, and they say it's going to fail. You need to be resilient enough first to take that on board, yeah. and then you need to be mindful and aware, and take your own emotions out of the situation, yeah. so you can look at it from a bit of a higher level, and and say actually this could be correct. Yes. You know, let's question that. So if, uh, if you don't have resilience, you know you you could really take that to heart and. Yeah, uh, see yourself as a bit of a failure, and that that gets you in that vicious circle, um, which you don't want to be in. So being resilient is really important. Um, for that, I would advise a book called The Daily Stoic, um, or Marcus Aurelius Meditations. So that's Stoicism and Stoic philosophy. Right. Um, they're they're really strange. You would have to go and read it. It's a bit of a strange um, <laughs> uh, tip, if you like. Um, yeah. And it's a bit far out there, but the Daily Stoic does, does a good job. You basically read a paragraph a day. Um, and this, the Stoic philosophy just seems to really tie in with resilience and, and, the, and the way that they used to think. Um, so you've got different people, Marcus Aurelius being an, an emperor and a few different others. And it's really weird how something that old can tie in with today. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so building resilience and perseverance and that kind of thing, uh, Stoicism. That's a really good sort of philosophy to follow on a personal level. And then for the mindfulness and awareness, um, again, it's quite far out there, but Headspace has really brought meditation into the, the mainstream. If you'd have mentioned that 10 years ago, it would have been quite crazy. Yeah, um, laughed at. Yeah, but now there's a lot of sort of support and stuff behind that. And, and essentially all you're doing with mindfulness uh, is being able to let your thoughts come and go yeah. um, and take yourself out of the situation first. So those two things combined essentially can um, stop you having that initial fight or flight response where you might respond in a bad way. Um, so yeah, those those would be my top two takeaways: uh, mindfulness and resilience. If you can build those two things as an entrepreneur, you'll go far. You'll go far. Okay, and obviously I cut you off early, so mm -hmm. I didn't let you get your third point. Um, yeah. So what is your your just your overview? What it like? Uh, anything that you've from your past, whether it be the Marines, anything from PT, anything from your entrepreneurial journey so far, what is it, something that may have made you tick, um, what made you really, yeah, just just some, just some a point in your, whether it be a point in your life or something that really made you go, yes, 
that you mentioned a few books and a few uh, mm-hmm. uh, professors. Is there any? Is there anyone else or anything that you can think of that just sort of sums everything up? That sort of almost that top level that's made you go, "This is what I want to do." Is there someone that you or any point or anything like that, whether it be someone or something? Um, yeah. So I mean. Uh, I, t- I took the uh, the Myers Briggs personality type things, um, and whether this is true or not, I don't know. But the architect is is similar to Elon Musk, right, so I started yeah. researching Elon Musk, and you know, and it and it's really strange how you can almost um, how accurate it almost is the Myers Briggs personality testing. Yeah. So I started looking into Elon Musk and stuff like that, and he has some of the similar values, you know, the uh, resilience and the big vision. Um, uh, I think that's a big one for me. Just if you are an entrepreneur, um, you know, you you are looking to innovate, you are looking to create new things, you are looking to go against the consensus. And uh, there's a good saying: "Create, don't conform." Um, you know, and so basically, just having that resilience and that big vision, um, that would be my uh, top tick, tip and takeaway, if you like. Right. Okay. And then obviously the resources to that mindfulness and stoic philosophy. Perfect. Um, um, yeah. Honestly, we could talk about this for, yeah, for hours. hours. <laughs> we, we actually have in the past. Yeah. Um, this is the first time we've done it in a mic in front of a microphone. Um, yeah. So maybe we could have a, a part two at some time in the future, yeah, but definitely. Uh, we definitely could talk about it for hours because it is such an interesting topic and mm-hmm. that mindset and just being in the in a perfect uh, that ability to say this is an idea that I am very passionate about, mm-hmm. but also being able to almost listen to other people yeah. um, and realize that it might not be as perfect as you thought it was. It is a it is a fantastic. That's just a bare minimum of it. It's just yeah. that and then that bounce back ability and. Lots of points that we could continue down uh, yeah. a very deep hole for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> so, thanks very much, Dan, for for, no for being here. And like I said, uh, if you want a part two, uh, let me know. Give me a, a direct message on Instagram. That's still Lewis Hackney. Any other feedback? I'd love to hear it. And uh, I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you. Twenty six. Twenty six minutes. Yeah. It's alright, I can edit all this (laughs) down. Still talking. Yeah, unlike I did with my brother. (laughs)